0: Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Whether you're looking to get on your very first store shelf or you're looking to grow your national or even international food brand, this podcast is going to teach you what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale a packaged food brand. Hear the food founder journeys of brands growing in their industry so you can fast track your food business success. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I am excited to have on the show Adi Chabra from Badass Water. Adi, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast.
1: Thanks, Anthony. Good to be on here and excited, excited to see what questions you have for me.
0: Oh, I'm sure I've got some good ones. and you always have great answers. Let's open it up with a really easy one. Can you talk to us about what is badass water and what are you all about? Sure,
1: absolutely. So badass water is essentially, well, I'll I'll step back a bit. The why I came up with a branding called badass water. Essentially, we're going after the energy drinks market. Now, energy drinks are effectively bad for you because prolonged use causes a whole lot of cardiovascular diseases in itself like hypertension, high blood pressure. So I wanted to create a brand that gives you the same emotional connect as some of the energy drinks brand do, but at the same time give you the best source of energy, which is water. And as I was trying to create this brand in itself, the water needs to be a badass too. So I try to source it from all over the world, uh, tried and tested samples from 25 different suppliers, and the water is 8 plus pH level. It's got a beautiful mineral configuration of 16% calcium and 8% magnesium. So it's really soft, and it has a real soft and refreshing taste to it. So it tingles on your tummy as well, even the still water, and, uh, and it's an amazing water in itself. So that's what we're all about.
0: I love, I love two things that you mentioned there. Number one, the water sounds so refreshing. So for someone who is listening and they're like, hold on, can I really tell the difference between like my glass of water here that's gone through like a Brita filter and your can of badass water that you have there, what are the taste differences that they should be able to expect from your water versus plain old water?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is all just still water. Uh, so we're launching still in Spokane But even the still water has that high alkaline taste to it. And, and it's, it's, it's naturally sourced. There is no synthetic minerals added. It hasn't gone through any sort of filtration. Obviously, you need to take the bacteria out. But the, this is spring water. And the water collects all the minerals from the rock it flows through. So it's canned and filled. I write at the source and it's completely ethically sourced and it has a, as if you tasting the waterfall, that's what it tastes like. And it tingles on your tongue. It stays there. And because of the high alkaline properties, it hydrates you 20 or 30 percent faster as compared to regular, regular
0: water. Wow. That sounds amazing. As you like, you painted that picture of like being able to like taste the waterfall. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's refreshing. It doesn't get much more refreshing than that. And so, so good for you, which is, which is great. Uh, You touched on another piece that I want to dive into. You mentioned that you wanted to create this emotional connection to water that people have with energy drinks, knowing that, yeah, they do have these... They have a very like strong brand personalities and people do have this emotional connection. And oftentimes, people don't have that with water. Talk to me about the emotional connection that you are trying to create with badass water. What do you want people to feel when they are consuming a product.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think the whole brand ethos is that you don't have to climb a mountain or lift a thousand pounds of weight. You already are badass. And the whole point is a mother who's picking up six grocery bags from the superstore, coming to a car, a father who's staying at home and playing board games uh, with his kids is essentially badass. So the whole thing is that you don't, have to be a badass to drink this water. Being badass, you deserve this water. It's the holy is be yourself, be you, rather than be somebody else. Because every one of us is a badass in our own right. Whether you're an OnlyFans performer, to a person who's starting your own company, a person who's, who's trying to make ends meet, working nine to five, and still not giving up. You, at this point, not tomorrow, not in the future, right now in this very moment is a badass so that's the emotion that i wanted to invoke that you are enough essentially don't be like somebody else be you so that's that's why yes that's that's it's it's the emotion that i want everybody to have and that's why even in, in our branding and everything we're trying to capture this in a very vivid way as we are going through this trend not necessarily a trend, but a transformation as human beings that we today in ourselves, whoever we are, whichever gender we are, whichever race, color, whichever work, whatever work that we're doing, we are enough and we are badass. So.
0: I love that. And I think people need that message, uh, no matter what they're doing, who they are. Like, I'm just curious about y- you as a founder. Like, how did you? Oh, how did you come to that? like what made you realize that you wanted to inspire the world to have that sense of empowerment through a beverage? I mean I know this is not your first time around in entrepreneurship. so like what what inspired you personally to kind of be on that mission, which is a very powerful mission?
1: Yes, uh, I think the story was that uh, I started about uh, 13 startups before most of them failed and with each failure it's not necessarily that it was a learning experience but more so for myself that as you found out more learn more about yourself that what works for you what advisors work for you what sort of people are working, uh, work for you who can be aligned with your with your vision that you're trying to go through so about i think it was 3 months into the pandemic when i was uh, working for vodafone as a head of product innovation and I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic to actually start a series of businesses the so first three or four weeks I wasn't doing much I was just I was just trying to figure out that I have a bit of money left now it gives me a year and a half two month two years of runway in itself so i'll try to I'll try to come up with a framework where I can have successful Small businesses, not necessarily a startup. And then every two weeks, I would launch a company. Every four weeks, I would assess whether I want to scale that up or close that down. And in the middle of it, I had this, uh, I was listening to a podcast. uh, To be fair, uh, it was Liquid Death, which inspired me, which is one of our competitors, so to speak. So I I was really inspired by this entire story of what they're trying to do and and honestly I while I was listening to the podcast I actually was working and I stood up from my chair and I said these guys are brilliant these guys have done an amazing stuff this is this is incredible and during the podcast you wouldn't even believe like the interviewer called the founder badass more than 16 times <laughs> and I was just I I got up from my chair and I started pacing around my house and I said this is brilliant and as if if I'm congratulating the founder, that you're amazing. You're absolutely amazing. You're a smart person and you've done an absolutely amazing job. And at that time, as they were talking and as the interviewer saying that that is badass, that is badass, I was wondering, why couldn't you just call it badass water? And I said, why can't I call it badass water? And then I explored more and I, as it turns out, that I cannot experiment with 5,000, 10,000 this. This cannot be a small business because it's a very, very capital intensive industry to get into. And so I sat around with it for over two weeks because I've because started so many companies, I try to bucket, uh, like try to categorize startups and ideas into three buckets. I'm digressing a bit, but I'll get to the point. So I classify it as one night. Are you going in for a one night stand, dating or marriage? Now, one night stand is essentially, I'm doing some experiment inside. If it doesn't work out next day, I don't have to think about it or worry about it. And anything can happen, essentially. I'm not invested so much. I don't have any emotional or any personal biases coming through the ideas. If it's a date, that means I'm going to go along with it and I'm going to ride the flow. But the first problem comes in, or the first argument happens, I'm probably not going to be at that invested in the idea. Marriage is something that no matter what happens, I'm ready to love this thing. And I see it in 10 to 15 years' time now. That whether the argument happens or whatever, because I love this product idea or business itself, that I'm ready to go through hoops in order to make it successful. That any problem, throw it my way. I'm going to find a solution because I'm invested. So as a result, the two weeks period for me was just to decide which bucket does this thing belong. Over a period of time, like whenever I used to work on the branding or just designing a simple logo, for example, as I was tinkering around what does sustainability mean, asking these questions, what does where does the water come from? I used to feel that excitement. This is something that I want to And then... Two weeks later, I called up my lawyer and I said, I want to trademark this. And my lawyer <laughs> said, are you sure you want to trademark badass water? And I said, yes, I want to trademark badass water. And I need it in 12 different countries. And she said, OK. So so even then, when I spoke to a lot of people, a lot of people said it's a, it's, it's a good thing. Like before the website or before the product came alive. People just say, people would laugh at this. That, that'd be cool. But at the same time, they couldn't take it seriously that somebody would do. And I would say that monster. if, if I were a monster, for example, and if we're, I'm trademarking, I'm trying to launch a monster energy drink, probably the founders would have faced the same problem, that you're going to call something a monster. So that was kind of the thing that this could work. I, I really believe in it. So I closed down my... Uh, Four other companies. I was lucky enough to sell one of the stores and uh, scale down. And since since past, I think four months, I'm working on this full time, like almost eighteen hours a day now. That's that's the whole journey. And then uh, just working through different suppliers, finding uh, finding the best water in the world is is probably the toughest thing because what is best for me may not be best for you. But I wanted to find that at least has a consistency that if it does not make you feel awesome to a certain extent, then I would discard that, that it should meet the brand promise. It's not only on the cover of the can, but it's also what's
0: inside. You went all in on this. I love this. Like I I love how like your framework in terms of like testing, testing ideas and like seeing if they're gonna stick, because not all business ideas are ones that we need to marry. Like, let's be honest, right? And I think that's really hard for founders. I think sometimes founders will launch something and they're like, ah this needs to work and when you have that like such strong attachment to it versus allowing it to come from like no this feels right and it seems like throughout this whole journey from the moment that you like heard that podcast and like I can like imagine a light bulb literally going off (laughs) over your head
1: absolutely I was standing right here and I said why can't I do this let's do it
0: (laughs) that's awesome yeah and like you've just been so entrenched in it since then which is incredible and like i can tell that you are just so jazzed by this and you are committed to making it work and bringing this you know vision and water to the world which is fantastic and i love how you're like all in too you're not like no i'm just gonna get a trademark for like this one area like no i need it in all these countries we're going big uh, which is the way you need to you need to look at things like that sometimes you need to be all in especially if it's marriage like if it's marriage with an idea why are you holding back go Absolutely. all in
1: I totally agree. And, and the only thing that I would say is that like assessing any idea uh, with all the frameworks that I had, there are two important questions that I asked. Because of all these failures, I learned how to how to even think for myself that these are the questions I need to ask in order to proceed forward or, or discard a particular idea. First of all, what value am I providing to the customer? That is the most important. And the second most important question is, how am I going to communicate that value to the customer? So if I have these two questions bottled down, I have thought about whether it's an emotional value, whether it's in terms of monetary terms, whether it's any kind of, I can pinpoint in terms of what am I giving, what does this product stand for? What does that this product mean to the customer that I'm going for? And with communication means how I'm going to market what exactly is my distribution strategy? How I'm going to take care of supply chain, logistics. Where, is, how, how the customer will come to know about this? Where they, what message am I communicating or trying to communicate to my customer? So, this, these two questions, I believe, will give you some sort of a framework, or at least, at least, some sort of a checkpoint that these are the things checkpoints. So that these are the things that you're going for, and. And then it's just about proceeding forward. So it's one framework to start with, another framework to take it forward. And then you look at scalability and those sort of things. And twelve different countries was just honestly, it was the pain of my existence because the minimum order quantity was so high that I said, if I can take care of my logistics and I if I can take care of unit metrics to even break even at this point, let's go all in. As you said, because there I could see that I can give at least one order and start to distribute across different countries, and then I would take care of, uh, take care of my unit metrics.
0: Okay. So you've talked about the value that you want to share with the world in terms of empowering people to feel like a badass, no matter what position they're in. Talk to me about how you plan to communicate that value and get that message out to people. What are you doing from a marketing perspective or looking to dive into... From a marketing perspective, to to get that across? So, uh,
1: to be fair, the first, our go to market strategy is really simple on the phase one in itself. I could have looked for Facebook ads, Instagram ads, working with influencers. But again, I will be competing. It wouldn't be a badass because there are thousands of brands who are doing the same things. So, I wanted to create some sort of an emotion uh, with the brand in itself. And at the same time, I wanted to create customer awareness and and sort of brand affinity. Nobody knows about this brand, so having customer loyalty at the right at the start is very difficult. So so the, the brand vision and the loyalty part will be built over a period of one year and that is when we're trying to get the brand to life effectively. Working with different partnerships going for the distribution but the first thing is go with direct to consumer. So So I had to try different ideas, and now we're advertising. Not necessarily advertising. We're working with a lot of performers and only fans. So so the engagement rate is high. People are already invested in the videos or the images or with the performer itself. So we get high engagement rate, and we get high brand awareness at that time. So even if a person has like 500 subscribers, we get really uh, engaged following coming to our website and ordering those products. So that was the initial initial strategy. Doing TikTok, for example, as a lot of the brands are doing, but now we're doing TikTok with trick shots and stuff like that. And we we don't essentially want to do this, like create this scarcity as other brands have done, like limited quantities, stocks will last. That is not really a badass. So we want to be badass. There's, there should be a whole story behind who we are. And we're also trying to experiment with our Facebook pages. There's a lot of memes that we're posting. And at the same time, people are responding by altering the word badass into piss ass, piss water. So at one point, I mean, the question comes in, do we need to stop these people because they're changing our brand name? But the whole ethos behind this brand is this is not our brand. We're obviously... Starting it, but it's people's brand. If they're having fun with it, I'm not some corporate. I don't want to run into like a corporate. This is like an emotion. Let's have some fun with it. Because even if a person has taken time to change the graphics of the cat, we want you to do it. Have fun with it. This is that is badass. That by definition is badass. So let's do it and let's let's have it some more. And and we took some of the stuff and actually featured on our Facebook page that yes. And highlighting the person so that we can we can we can highlight the person who's taken the effort to actually do this stuff. So that's our initial thing. So that this needs to be a fun brand uh, that people can have fun with, essentially.
0: and I think you're approaching it from such a great realm in terms of like, giving the people the choice to do what they want with it you're not like this is exactly how you need to interact with it or you can't touch it at the end of the day if people have a connection with your brand and they are engaging with it in whatever way that's what matters and i think a lot of people get really hesitant with that and i like what you're doing with like just encouraging people to like hey do what you want and like even your your strategy to go to market with you know We're going to do TikTok. We're not necessarily going to do Instagram and we're going to not necessarily do like ads. Not that you maybe won't do that in the future, but in the beginning, you know, you're trying to create your brand awareness with the right people. And so, like, you and I actually originally connected, I think, on Clubhouse because you were sharing that you were doing marketing on OnlyFans. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like a lot of people would be like, ah, that's really off brand for us. But for your brand, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's what it always comes down to is like, what's the right marketing channel for you? And it might not be for everyone, but for a brand like this, it does. And I think being okay with, being where your people are and creating the message, you can fast-track the position that your brand has in people's brains by doing something like that. And I think that's really great.
1: Absolutely. So, like I said, this is, this is a very multifaceted brand by itself. So, as I mentioned before, this is people's brand. And who am I to define if you're badass or not? If you feel you're badass, irrespective of whether you're a performer on OnlyFans or you're a startup founder with millions in funding. You both are badasses in your own right. So yes, absolutely.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, I really like what you're doing there. And talk to me. Obviously, there's a lot of logistics with this. And I know this is something that you have been tackling. Um, Any advice that you have for anyone who is kind of tackling some logistical pieces in their business? I mean, you're trying, you're working multi-country on this. Any guidance or any lessons that that you kind of have have had as you've been tackling that yourself?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that is the core part if you're launching any CPG brand in D2C space, your logistics and supply chain is probably the most crucial bit. Marketing, I think there are a lot of playbooks that you can copy and uh, you can you can work the front-end side of things. So supply chain is probably the things that you need to consider. Uh, what does your fulfillment center contracts look like? What does your manufacturer's contracts looks like if you're not in the beverage space are you packaging yourself the first 10,000 orders to save the cost of the fulfillment to see if you're if you're having that product market fit as we so often talk about are you and most important part once you one part is the supply chain but the most important part is it's always better to have especially in CPG you should want 500 recurring customers who are ordering from you every month or whatever frequency that is rather than having five hundred thousand customers because you're building a sustainable business. At the start, you some of the things may not work, but you always have should think about what happens to this brand or whatever you're trying to build a year from now. And if you have that sort of a vision, if you have that sort of a, a foresight I would say, then you wouldn't necessarily be so bogged down whether you doesn't really matter if you sell 5,000 pieces or 3,000 pieces or even 100,000 pieces when the real real brand will come to life in next one year. So it's about thinking long-term rather than thinking, I've run a Facebook ad, I've spent thousands of dollars, and it's not giving me my, uh, the results that I'm looking for. If you think long-term in that sort of a way, then you can probably... Go with your product a little further. And at the same time, it's good to get attached to a product, I would say, because you're passionate, you've launched this. At the same time, it's always good to think about, how can I pivot? What does the customer need? Because more often than not, as much as these things are written in articles and books, we don't pay enough attention to the customers and what they're saying. If you just call them, the best strategy is pick up the phone. It's the most delightful thing you can do ever. And trust me, all the people that I've called to get the reviews, feedback that I've gotten at the end of the call is, I wish more brands would do this. And now you're building a connection. Your job is not to find your 5,000 customers that you do not know. You need Your job is to find 10 customers who eventually will become your product evangelists. I'm trying to... This is guy Kawasaki who who said this a long time ago. You need to find product evangelists because those ten customers will be will be more influential than than ten influencers that you'll probably get to advertise your product so yeah, find ten customers or hundred customers and just give them a phone call and they'll give you more insight about your product and they'll feel they'll have that delight and I'll take you further than doing Facebook ads for three months, I would say.
0: Yeah, I love that you are doing that in terms of like going that extra mile to like understand what people are saying. And yeah, you bet that those people are going to always remember badass water and recommend it to their friends and feel a connection that they're just not going to feel with anything else and that's what it comes down to they got to have a connection to you and absolutely. they have to have that emotional appeal and that makes the world of a difference
1: absolutely absolutely that goes without saying it's it's surprised and delighting and more importantly you're simply showing that you care as a brand that is the underlying that you care
0: that makes a huge huge difference Addie, as we're wrapping up, I would love if you could just share any tools or resources or anything that you do to help strengthen your entrepreneurial mindset. As you've been talking, there's a lot of great pieces that you are touching on in terms of staying connected to consumer, looking long term, you know, being okay with the ups and downs and like being really committed and also being unattached. I would love if you could just share anything to, to, that's helped you in terms of building your entrepreneurial mindset muscle.
1: See, so yeah, i I mean, there are a lot of things. I would say that these are suggestions at this point. I'm nobody to give anybody any advice at this point because we have all gone through all our little experiences. But the only thing that I would say, whether you're a first-time founder or whether you're, you're the second-time, third-time founder in itself, I would say think about the customer and think about the product, the impact that it's making in customers' life. If you have, like I said, I've already touched upon this, why are you doing this? Why not something else? Think of it as a marriage. You wouldn't step into a marriage without going through the processes of dating in itself. And everybody has have different frameworks to come up to make them more, more effective or more productive or validating their ideas. But what most founders I've noticed is they can't answer, why this? Why not something else? In the end, it do it because for the love of it, rather than doing it just because you've found an idea. And you can go further if you don't have to force yourself to work on it, because it's a very incredibly, incredible hard journey being a founder. As much as we talk about it, not many people, I think we've glorified entrepreneurship quite a lot. And when you're entering into a CPG space, I would say that be sure of what you Getting into because scaling a software is easy. It's, it's you from 100 customers to 100,000 customers. I'll, I'll have two servers and everything will be sorted out. When you have physical products, what supply chain looks like for 100 customers and what it looks like for 100,000 customers is totally different. You have to go through, you will make a lot of mistakes. I'm making a lot of mistakes because this is my, effectively, the first uh, D2C brand that I've launched. But at the same time, because I'm doing it with my whole passion and the love for it, you can, I can go through problems right after. Like my shipments are delayed. There's a whole lot of problems with the fulfillment centers that are happening in Texas. But still, I'm motivated to solve these problems. At the end, I would say that if I'm going to give up today, I don't even know what sort of problems I'm going to be facing in a year from now when, when I build something and everything could crash down. So if I give up today, what's going to happen in a year? So that makes me go forward because I'm so invested, not necessarily invested in terms of time and money, but invested in terms of this is the thing that I've chosen to spend my time on. If it's just doing it for money, fame, glory, but plenty of other things, do that. But if you really believe in something, just just go for it, I would say. That's I would
0: say. Awesome. That is fantastic advice. And I look forward to continuing to watch the brand reach more people and help inspire more people to embrace the bod- badass that they are. Um, yes. For anyone who's listening right now, where can they find badass water so they can get some to fuel themselves?
1: So uh, Domain is a badass water company. You can. Go on the website, and uh, we started our deliveries two weeks ago. Uh, the supply chain is a bit hazy, but go ahead, order it. Um I'll try to get it to your doorstep as soon as possible.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. Addie, thank you so much for sharing your journey and for bringing this product to the market. I am so excited to see it grow and see what you inspire lots of fantastic people to be able to do with this product. So thank you, Addie.
1: Thank you, Ansley. this was this was wonderful. Thank you.